guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. Lots of business events took place in Dubai this week. There was Dubai Links Festival of Creativity, the Retail Summit with people like Tommy Hilfiger attending, the AIBC EurAsia event where Gary Vaynerchuk spoke. Uh, last weekend there was also a big crypto event, Arts DAO Summit a conference party took place. Uh, we were present at Dubai Links. Uh, there's been lots of different activity happening throughout the region. Uh, this interview this week is all about a household name in Dubai in terms of brands. It's called Entertainer. They've been around for over 20 years. They've gone through different leadership in recent years, but it's one of those brands where, you know, once you arrive in Dubai, you're told to uh, get the Entertainer. It'll help you save money across the city. Of course, you're also told to da to follow Love in Dubai. <laughs> I should say, you know, that you can get all your news from there. And there, these are some of the brands that are associated with when you're new to the city. So it's been fascinating to discuss the business side of the entertainer in this episode. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. On today's episode, we're joined by Ahmed Gaber. He is the Chief Executive Officer of The Entertainer, a, a brand, of course, that's a household name uh, across the region. It's an app with over 6 million users where you can find the biggest offers and discounts that help you save on meals, experiences, travel, and more all in one place. So today we're going to talk about The Entertainer, how it started, what it is today, its approach in the Dubai market in particular, and what's next. Uh, good morning, Ahmed. Good morning, Rich. Thank you very much for having me today. It's a pleasure to have you on. I, I know you have a lot of responsibilities, so thanks for taking the time out and it's good to chat. It's a great pleasure to be with you. Amazing. So tell us, The Entertainer, uh, what is it and what's your role? Uh, the Entertainer uh, the entertainer purpose is actually to help people to live a smarter life. So we are helping people not only to save money, but to have uh, a smarter way of looking at things. So to uh, in a country like UAE and specifically in, in a city like Dubai where you have uh, great offers and great places to go to, the entertainer helps you to make sure that you are getting the best out of it. And uh, we help people to never uh, pay the full price. In addition to that also, we help them to see the best experiences in the city uh, and that's our purpose. Our purpose is to help you to live a smarter life, help you to save money. That's for our consumers and for our corporate clients, uh, the B2B clients which we have. We help them to have better engagements with their clients, to introduce better value to their clients. So I would say that the entertainer is, is a company which just brings smile to either consumers or our corporate clients. And for, you know, most people who have lived in Dubai over the last decade or so will know the entertainer, but uh, someone in other markets, how do you describe it? I, I get the purpose, but do you say it's, um, it's a consumer value app or is there a category that this goes in? Uh, it's, uh, the entertainer has two wings. So there is the B2C wing, which mm. is the apps, which you and uh, a lot of people are using it either in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or in Qatar, Oman, Bahrain, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, uh, Singapore. Singapore, so in many wow. countries. So that's the B2C part of it. And soon Egypt. And we are heading to Egypt. So we, <laughs> uh, we started our journey in Egypt and we should be live in Egypt. And you might be the first to know we are going live in Egypt in July wow. 2023. Exclusive for Dubai uh, Works. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, very good. this date was never ex uh, shared before. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that I have a great team which is building up a great proposition for Egypt. Uh, and Egypt is a very big country, so you need to have really a strong team to be able to cover it. Mm. Uh, that's the B2C side of the business. And the B2C side of the business is where also we exist in many countries while we don't have physical existence. So we have some clients in uh, which they need service or loyalty programs in Latin America. 
uh, in Africa, in countries where we don't have offices. Mm. And the quality of our business is we can expand to any country without the need to have an office in these countries because it's all technology-based. So, uh, so that's the quality of the entertainer that we can be anywhere uh, for anyone at any time. So the loyalty part is obviously important, but it, Ahmed, it's also a marketplace uh, in terms of you do have vendors and then customers. So there's two sides to that side as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let me take you a step back here. So what the entertainer on the B2B side is doing, the B2C is very clear. Uh, it's it's uh, an app uh, experience app, B2C, where you buy the app or even we, we, we recently launched a free version of the app so that everyone can get taste of what the entertainer is. And it has also different offers like uh, travel, right? Even uh, we have now home delivery uh, where you can enjoy the buy one, get one or the discount at your home. So that's a B2C side, which is quite obvious and clear. Mm. On the B2B side, uh, the, the quality of the entertainer lies around three pillars. Uh, first pillar is the technology. So we built the technology for our B2B clients. Um, to give you some examples, uh, like uh, Visa and MasterCard, MasterCard priceless apps is built by the entertainer. Uh, Visa Experience app is built by the entertainer. Uh, the, the Blue app of Arfotem is built by the entertainer. So there is a technology piece. So that's our first point of strength because you can customize that based on what the client needs. Uh, every industry is different. So telcos like Omantel or like Vodafone, who are our clients, they every 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 industry is different. They want to have a different user experience. So we built this technology. And then the second pillar or the second layer, which is offers mm. and the discounts. So also we provide that as well. And then comes the the the, the real edge, which I which is very close to my heart, which is the engagement piece. Because uh, if you if your loyalty program does not engage your clients in the right way, then uh, you are just launching a loyalty program because your management asked you to to launch a loyalty program this year. But we help our clients to have better engagement index, and we help them to have. Uh, the right tools to measure the engagement per segment, per client, and to the level that we de we develop the marketing communications to them. And sometimes even we get the, uh, uh, the approvals from our clients to send directly messages and to create uh, creative and create uh, marketing campaigns and materials on behalf of our corporate clients to their clients as well. Mm. So that's the level of trust between us and between our corporate clients, because you'll never allow someone to reach directly to your clients unless you trust what they're going to say to your clients. Definitely. And what would you say the split is of those of the B2B, B2C, but also the three elements of the B2B in terms of the makeup of the business today? Uh, uh, while this is a little bit confidential information, but I will try to be as uh, as uh, politically right as I, I can be, I would say uh, it's uh, it's almost 50-50 and uh, it's different from time to time. So sometimes when there is a huge corporate deal or huge corporate uh, uh, contract, uh, the B2B becomes bigger. And in some seasons, when, for example, uh, when we launch a special uh, app, like we have the tourist app mm. for the entertainer, which is now some people comes to the country and they cannot and they should not actually buy the entertainer for the whole year. So, for example, during certain seasons when the tourist app is sold more than anything else during a, a certain season, the B2C becomes bigger business. So it's always, you know, uh, it depends on the season and it depends also on how big the corporate deals can be sometimes. Mm, yeah, fair yeah. enough. And just to give people a point. So if I download the app, downloading the app is free, but purchasing the entertainer for the year has a fee and, that, and I pay it once and then I can use it as much as I want. Is that the deal? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, uh, and also what we discovered is some people don't want to use it for the whole year because they are here in assignment, for example, you know, Dubai 
is, is a super attractive place for the best talents in the world. So they come sometimes to do a job for three months. So we came up with a new version of the entertainer only for three months, for example, if you are coming here for an assignment. So you can pay for three months. And there are different versions. How much is this for the year? Uh, the three months. Now you are quizzing me. The three months. Roughly. Three month, <laughs> I think it's, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the range of 200 uh, or 300 dirhams only. And, and the uh, year is? The year is 600. And okay. there are versions, you know, like there is the global version, which gives you access to all the countries. Yeah. Uh, given also that Dubai, again, is, is a very attractive city. So you have a lot of... Uh, people who, who travels across the GCC and many countries. So there is a global version, which is in the range of 700 dirhams. Okay. And then there is a premium version, which is in the range of 600 dirhams, specifically for UAE. Mm. And we have this premium version in every GCC countries as well, a country as well, which is giving you access to the fine dining piece. So mm. it has an element of fine dining and experience, access to private beaches or private clubs, and then there is the smart version, or the, we call it classic, but I call it smart. I call it smart personally, and that's the direction uh, because it's not classic; it's smart. Mm. So if you don't need really to go to the fine dining and you want to go to, um, uh, I would say mid-range kind of restaurants, uh, that's where you pay four hundred, and if okay. that's enough for you, then we don't you to overpay for something that you don't use it. Exactly. Interesting. So there's a lot to it. There's a lot of layers to it. It's obviously evolved as a consumer offering and, and B2B. I really want to get into your background because I know it's a fascinating story. But just for context, you know, uh, the entertainer, it, it started off as a book. Can you tell us a little bit about the origin story of how it grew in Dubai? Because it's a great Dubai business success story. Yeah. So I have to uh, give a great credit to the founder of the entertainer. Uh, her name is Donna and she found the entertainer and without her, I wouldn't be here today. So uh, this lady actually started it with a book. And uh, if she's gonna listen to this, I want her to know that I'm thanking her because she is the reason behind all of what we are here now, what we're doing now. So uh, it was a book and, uh, and this book had vouchers and everyone in Dubai used, started to use it day after day and the book started to get bigger and bigger <laughs> and thicker and thicker day after day. Um, and, uh, and then uh, uh, the company started to go digital. So the digital journey started from 2013 or 14. When was it originally started? Uh, the company started in 2001. Okay, so wow. we are a very well-rooted company. We are more than 20 years in the business hmm. and, uh, uh, and started by two people only. And now we are more than 450 people wow. in various countries, various markets. Uh, then the digital journey started and my role now as a new CEO of the company is to take this digital journey into a completely different spectrum by augmenting AI, augmenting payments, augmenting location services. And that's the real transformation which I'm, I'm obsessed about now. And I call myself uh, chief transformation officer uh, more than chief executive officer, I would say. And that kind of uh, suits your background. So you, you, you weren't in, say, the loyalty space. You were more in the payments yeah. space. And can you talk a little bit about your career that led you to this point? Yeah, so, uh, okay, now you, you are bringing too many memories. So uh, originally uh, I graduated as engineer, uh, communications and electronics engineer. Uh, and I didn't want to do that, to be honest, but it's my, it was my parents' wish. So I, I had a lot of respect to their vision because when you are young, you, you need to listen. So I went into engineering uh, and um, I didn't know that the engineering would help me that much to organize my thoughts and to look at things in a different way. So um, uh, after engineering, I started into the payments right away. In the middle, I was in the army. And uh, during the army time, I was so lucky to work with great, uh, great army leaders, which put me in a very uh, quick and fast track on the leadership. 
This is in Egypt. So you've in got Egypt. the engineering side and then the leadership and discipline side as well. Uh, discipline side, absolutely. You you nailed it. Uh, the army gives you discipline, gives you uh, the ability to lead and the ability to, to drive things to happen. Uh, and then I joined a payment company in Egypt. And that, was, that company called Cashnet. And it was for the first time ever in Egypt a company to do ATM driving business, which was very unique business for the entire Middle East, which is, uh, in a very simple word, all the ATMs uh, which you see in the streets, uh, most of the banks, they don't have the time and the capacity to run it themselves. They don't have the time to fill the, the to put the money into it, to make the maintenance, to make the connections, to put the software, to upgrade it. So our company at that time, was uh, founded in Egypt to uh, to drive these ATMs for these companies. And that was my first, first experience to get into the payments. Uh, and I remember very well uh, that uh, when I was an engineer at that time, I shouldn't leave the ATM without making sure that it's working and it can dispense money when you use your card. So I used to sit beside the ATM even sometimes for six, seven hours waiting for the first customer to use it. Mm. I could have been the first customer to use it, but I, I didn't have, I have to be very honest with you. You know, all of us, when we start our careers, you will not have enough money in your salary to test every ATM <laughs> and to take money. So sometimes I had to wait for seven hours patiently to for the first customer to use it. <laughs> And that was my first actually uh, learning about the branding because at that time uh, the, we used to put cash net on the ATM. However, people used to trust the ATM which comes with a bank name like here. The, you know, you wouldn't go and put your card in, in an ATM which you don't know belongs to which bank. Mm. So cash net at that time was not known. And at that time, I only understood that people go, there are like three, four ATMs beside each other, but people don't go to mine. They go to the ones which are known. Mm. So that was my aha moment where I said, oh, the branding is so important. Mm. And I went and I spoke to the CEO because I was part of the co-founders. And I said to him, I think we need to, uh, to be better in branding. He said, why? I said, because I see people go beside our ATMs and they select others. So that was my first entrance to the business. And then he said to me, you know what? I think uh, you are in the wrong place. Come and join the business team. And at that moment, that was my, my beginning of, of, of being out of the engineering to, to the area which I love to be, which is in the business. Amazing, that's a great story. And then you went on to work with Visa. Before that, I, I also, I was lucky enough that uh, CashNet was acquired by a company called NPC, National Processing Service, mm. uh, which is servicing the banks to be, uh, to, 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 um, to help them to have cards and payments business to, to, to uh, as a third party processor, so banks didn't have the capacity to be certified by Visa MasterCard to build all of these systems. So again, it's my, my luck, which is, uh, it was a new business in Egypt. And uh, in, in two to three years, I was promoted to be the head of support and implementation, which puts me in the front line when the company wants to do anything with any bank, because I have to understand what I need to implement. And then comes a support part where I have to fix any problem. So I was leading big teams at that time. And then Visa headhunted me in 2006 to join the team in Saudi Arabia as head of operations for Visa in Saudi Arabia. It was a very complex program between Visa and the Saudi Central Bank to merge the two uh, businesses together on one card. Mm. And we did it successfully. And then Visa decided to put me as a country manager for Visa in Saudi Arabia. Mm. And then my journey in, in the global leadership started in Visa where I became a vice president. And I started to take over the GCC except UE. And then I moved to North Africa. Uh, so I worked for Visa for 16 years. Amazing. I left it in 2021. And I came to join the entertainer and I was so impressed by the quality of the people of the entertainer and the purpose of the entertainer. Like if, if last year only we managed 
to help people to save $100 million dollars mm. on their meals, on their experience. This is a purpose which, which makes you wake up every day and, and feel that you want to do more. You want to give people more. That's a nice round number, a big number too. Uh, so that's amazing. So obviously, you know, you come in at a leadership level at the entertainer uh, as you are now. And uh, you described how your career kind of led in that direction. But apart from the sort of leadership position, uh, you know, uh, clearly the entertainer isn't a, isn't a payment, isn't a fintech app. But so what are the things that you've learned over your, uh, your career that you've been able to uh, leverage and work within the entertainer? And what are the things that you've had to sort of uh, start from scratch and understand a different business? Uh, that's a great question, uh, Chris. So, <clears throat> unless you uh, you you evolve your business and you evolve your value proposition and you change your user experience, you're gonna become obsolete mm. and and easily replaced in in this quickly developing market. So, uh, it's not me; it's my team. To be honest, last year all together we are all together. We decided to. Um, to uh, to have a different experience, which is called which is called card linked offers, and uh, and uh, we we were blessed by our partners like Visa and Mastercard, where we engaged with them and we became certified by them using some middleware and softwares in the middle, and now we are processing around two hundred and fifty thousand transactions for Visa and Mastercard, where people can just swipe their cards for some of our corporate clients, just swipe your card and get your discount or get your cash back without even the need to open the app. That was a proof of concept, which we have done last year. That's huge, and, that's interesting. And yeah, and this is a value when, when, when you bring the payments into the loyalty, you get into a, a very seamless experience and you have an edge, which is increases the stickiness between you and your corporate clients, increasing the stickiness between you, the corporate client and their client consumers as well. And uh, we are taking that uh, actually to many clients this year. So That's we tested it last year. It was very successful. It wasn't easy to be done it, uh, to, to, in, to integrate and to change. It's, it's a lot of engineering. We have a great engineering team. In Pakistan, we have more than 150 very smart engineers. Mm. So uh, they uh, they st they stood up for it, and uh, they did it. And now we are expanding that across many countries and across many apps. Amazing, um, fascinating. That's a really good Welcome example <laughs> of, of using of that. That and you know you can just think of the consumer behavior of forgetting to. Uh, they paid for the app, but forgetting to open it and not knowing that the restaurant they happen to be in has the offer. Uh, so it takes that sort of away. And then they swipe their card and they're informed, oh, that, that's included. Absolutely. And and actually, again, you are nailing it again as if you are working with us, Rich. So, uh, the, so now also we are uh, we have added actually with a great partner, which is called More IQ. It's a New York-based company where uh, when you are walking in a mall and there is an offer uh, beside the restaurant you are passing by, you will get a notification from the app telling you, oh, hey, come on, uh, there is a great offer here in this area. So even if our client doesn't know that there is an offer in this area, we will remind our, our clients that there is an offer and this drives business to our partners and also drives discounts to our clients, which they can miss mm. or they can forget about. And how many partners, how many uh, vendors are signed up to the entertainer? And do, do you continue as new retail stores and new offerings like golf clubs and all the different things that you offer? Uh, is there a constantly a team working with them and is it constantly refreshing and adding new, uh, new inventory to that? Absolutely. So we have, uh, we have, we call them the merchant relations team. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so Keith, uh, Keith is our chief uh, merchants officer. Uh, so uh, they, uh, they have relationships with the restaurants. They have relationships with the hotels. They have relationships with, uh, with the spas, with the clinics, uh, with, um, uh, uh, golf clubs with, uh, you know, uh, with uh, even with the uh, barbershops, we know. So we try to be with our consumers wherever they go. 
So it's not only about food and beverage. People sometimes think that we are only into food and beverage area, but uh, we are more than that. We are with you even in the car services. We give you discount there. Really? In the travel, we are giving you discount there. And uh, what I'm very proud of, which is my team did as well, uh, which we wanted to be with you even when you travel globally. So we signed last year a very nice agreement with the Attraction World. Uh, Attraction World, they have around 2,500 attractions globally, uh, to mention few like Disney, like Universal Studios, like uh, Eiffel Tower, all of these attractions in Europe and US. So this is something we're adding very soon to our corporate clients, and we might also add it to our B2C app as well. Amazing. So, so we, we want to be with you everywhere. Do you have a competitor? Um, well, um, I wouldn't say that there is a company now can, can avail all of this, can avail the technology, can avail the engagement, can avail the offers. But um, there, I consider... There are loyalty things, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, for a company to, to avail all of this, uh, it's, it's a little bit difficult, you mm. know. But I, I consider whenever I, I wake up at any morning, I consider that there will be a competitor tomorrow. Mm. So I, we compete with ourselves, to be honest. So we keep developing and we keep adding features to make sure that uh, we are always ahead um, especially after COVID, uh, before I become a CEO, during this period of time, the company faced some difficulties because, you know, restaurants were closed, people were not going out. So uh, to rebuild uh, all of this very quickly and to get these merchants back yeah. and, to, uh, and to also uh, delivery, for example, we didn't have delivery. Hmm. Now we have got a delivery service, so uh, so even if, God forbids, something like COVID might, uh, can happen again, people can still enjoy to get the entertainer at their doorstep. And How uh, does that work? How does the delivery work? Uh, you open the app, you, uh, you go, it's, we have five tabs in the app, in the middle you press delivery and you put your card like any other competing company in the delivery, I wouldn't mention their names. And you get your buy one, get one and discounts at your doorstep the same way as if you are in the restaurant. Okay. And recently uh, also we wanted to, to expand our delivery and we wanted to, um, to have kind of world-class service for our delivery. So um, maybe also it is something new for, for you. I'm, I'm, expo I'm, I'm, I'm telling you much today. So we signed a very nice agreement with Karim mm. where we are expanding our delivery uh, across uh, the UAE in a big time uh, because the, uh, the number of orders are increasing massively. We used to have like less than 10,000 delivery orders a week. Now we are heading to more than 100,000 a week. Mm. So we needed to invest in this area and and we will keep investing and then we're going to take it to all of our countries as well. Wow, amazing. But So just on the category and the industry part, uh, there are different apps that aggregator type apps, right? There is, you know, some that came out of the US, say for the fitness industry, like Guava Pass or Class Pass. There's, oh, there's some for sort of wellness and beach clubs and things like that. Yeah. Do you see them, Ahmed, as different category are they more specific on one area whereas the entertainer covers all different sectors uh, i think they are kind of dedicated for that but uh, well we didn't forget about that as well so yeah. we recently also signed with uh, a great company called ingo which is dedicated into this as well dedicated into fitness dedicated into tracking your health uh, they have kind of smart bottles to measure how much how much uh, water you drink every day, give you alert if you are not drinking enough. And we are introducing it to our B2B clients as well, so that because the companies wants to make sure we run something called employees uh, loyalty platforms. So for the companies, they give they 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 want their employees to have access to uh, cheaper uh, places or. Uh, or to pay lesser as a value added to their employees. So also we are helping them with this uh, partnership 
to help their employees to live a, a better life and more healthy life. So we just signed this partnership and uh, it's going live very soon where our corporate clients will be able to have uh, to, to to help their employees to have healthier life or mm. to live healthier life. How much how important do you think you mentioned a few partnerships it's clearly a strategy is that one way of uh you know n- of uh, dealing with change all the time because for example Kareem keep they've they've opened up a membership offering and they keep innovating as well does the entertainer need to keep innovating and is partnerships a key way to do that? Absolutely. Um, it's uh, in this world actually uh, it's not smart if you would like to do everything on your own. It will be a lot of costs on the company. It will be a lot of uh, a lot of work on our engineers. So mm. if there is a partner which can enable us to have faster access and better quality, so for example for the tourist app, uh, we could have just go and try to sell it ourselves. But now we are signing uh, a lot of partnerships with hotels, with airlines, so that they can sell the app even before the person travels and arrives to the UAE. Um, on, on the delivery, we are also signing with the best delivery partners in the country and in every country, the last mile delivery, the tracking companies. For the travel, for example, we are uh, revamping our travel proposition where you can book online, you can get your discounts online, you can refund online, you can do all of that online. So you cannot do that alone. Mm. In, in fact, you can, but it will take time, it will take efforts, it will cost you much. So why not to become win-to-win, win-win, where we add more partners to our network, uh, we help them to grow and we help ourselves to save costs and to speed uh, or to, uh, to go to the go to market becomes much faster and much better. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be a more like abundance approach. Uh, you know, uh, we see Microsoft do it a lot. So previously people would have said they're just competitors to one company, to Apple or to Google, but now they just partner with everyone. And now, then by doing that, They've partnered with uh, OpenAI now and they have a ChatGPT AI search engine that people had forgotten about Bing. And you know, so it seems that partnerships is uh, a really strategic way of being relevant. Absolutely. And, uh, and I'm very lucky that uh, we have we have partnership team. Mm-hmm. So and that was very uh, the, one of the very uh, early decisions which I had to make, which is to hire a partnership team. Um, because it's, it's not about sales here, it's about building meaningful partnership, which is, can help our partners and can help us. So we have a partnership team and even sometimes, by the way, we partner with our competition. Mm. So to your point, uh, while we are a loyalty company, there are some, uh, or engagement, I would call ourselves an engagement company, there are some loyalty platforms which they don't have our content. So we support them by the content and we go hand in hand together. And and we have a lot of these models where we work with uh, companies where people think that we are competition, but we partner together to give the best uh, offer to the corporate clients at the end. Mm. So we, we, we work with a lot of loyalty companies actually hand in hand. Uh, to give the best to to our clients. Amazing. So a couple of questions sort of on the future uh, of, firstly, in terms of market entry, obviously the entertainer has, as you mentioned earlier, it's already entered a lot of markets uh, in the region and beyond. Uh, how how does market entry grow as you're looking to Egypt now? What are the factors? Because everyone, you know, sector agnostic people think, okay, I've been successful. Then how do I grow in another market from scratch? How how does the entertainer approach it? Well, uh, we can spend long time answering this question, <laughs> but uh, to enter a market, it's uh, it's a very complex operation. Mm. Uh, you are building a brand. You are building uh, a team. You are building a promise. And a lot of people actually in Egypt, they know about the entertainer because again, Dubai uh, is a beloved country by, or UAE is a beloved country by, by, by the Egyptians. So they come either to enjoy their holidays or we had, we have here a lot of Egyptians expats. 
And I will surprise you that uh, the highest number of the entertainer subscribers in Dubai are Egyptians. Mm. So they know the entertainer. So um, we wanted to build a strong brand in the, in, the, uh, in Egypt. So we partnered, and that's not a secret, it was actually revealed in the media in Egypt uh, recently. We partnered with the Post Office of Egypt, mm. and they have around 22 million customers. Thanks and so the bank population in Egypt all in all is around 38 million. So if you reach to 22 million with one partner, which is a great partner like the Post Office, you are getting into half of the country uh, directly. Uh, and uh, then now we need to build the right story for for the entertainer in Egypt. And as you are aware, uh, it's not a secret that Egypt faced some difficulties uh, economically uh, in the last few months where there was a major currency devaluation. So I believe it is a very right time for us now to help people to save money in Egypt. And I'm particularly uh, engaged into this because you as a CEO, your role is to give guidance and to enable your team to work and to uh, to produce. But for Egypt specifically, I'm particularly engaged, given that I am I'm Egyptian and my last assignment when I used to be the head of North Africa for visa, I lived in Egypt for three years. So I'm helping my team to make sure that we will have the right entry into the market from product proposition point of view, from brand image point of view, even um, I, I usually didn't get into the hiring process for everyone in the company, but because uh, also, again, we are building a new team in Egypt. So I always make sure that I do 15 minutes interview culture check to make sure that we are building the right team, which can work together as one team coming from the same uh, DNA, which is very close to the DNA, which we have here in Dubai as well and in every country. And that's very important to me. So the employees, the business partners and the brand, if you get all of that right and the proposition, uh, then you are not missing any details. And mm. that's why I'm, I'm particularly engaged in that. Building the brand for the first time in the country is very important. Uh, so it's one of my cases where I have to go down, 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 uh, and then I go up to the strategy level again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. No, thank you. It's a really useful answer. Uh, obviously, you could go into more detail. There's lots yeah. of other things with market entry, um, pricing, legal, in hiring, team structures, offerings, all this stuff. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very complex. Yeah. To be very honest, it's not easy. Mm. Yeah. It is. It's almost like doing a startup again, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. And and uh, and then you start seeing some signs of success. So so for example, even before launching at the entertain the entertainer B two C brand in Egypt, now we have three clients already signed for the B two B services, signed and ready to uh, go. Yeah. Uh, one of them already went live, mm. and two are ready to go whenever they are ready to uh, to finalize all the APIs and the connections and the technology. How long so, does it take you to get merchants on board? And what's the minimum merchants you think you need before you launch? Um, I would give the credit first to our merchants team. They are so good in this. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, in, in no time now, we got around 270 merchants mm -hmm. before we go live. Uh, the mandate which uh, which we put on ourselves is uh, we have to have minimum 500 merchants. Mm. But I think the team going to surprise me and we're going to have much, much more than that. Mm. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put too much weight on the number of merchants. I would put my weight on the quality of these merchants and how relevant is it, is it to the consumer needs in the country. Yeah, it's so, that positioning piece, isn't the it? Positioning, and, and the positioning, the quality. Have, yeah. The quality for me is much more. I can say that I can have three thousand restaurants tomorrow in mm. Egypt. That's not difficult. Mm. But the most difficult part is 
how high quality, how the quality of these merchants, the quality of these restaurants, the quality of the hotels. Mm. Luckily, because entertainer is uh, uh, is already existing in the UAE, so we were able to take a lot of international brands which we serve here mm. to Egypt easily. So it's one contract we add one country to it. So that's how we were we are able to expand very easily to Egypt by yeah. just adding one country to the contract. Yeah, fascinating, amazing. But so, Ahmed, in terms of ownership of the entertainer and what that means for this current uh, juncture, so there there was an exit and now there's an owner. Is it is that is that private? Is it private equity? Does it mean that are are, are the are your objectives aligned with you know the the plan for the next few years and and what does that look like? So yeah, the company is owned by by different partners, but mainly the biggest owner is uh, Gulf Finance House, which is a brilliant uh, private equity and investor. Um, I believe, and I'll be very frank with you, they they got the company in 2018, 19, and then COVID hit, so it yeah. wasn't a great time for them. Uh, and I, I feel for them, of course. Unlucky, yeah. Yeah, unlucky for that. But uh, but they are uh, investing much this year and the evidence we are expanding in many countries. We are expanding in delivery. We are expanding in payments. We are expanding in AI in two fronts, either in the marketing. We are now, uh, I, I have a mandate to my marketing team to use AI for marketing. And they have a mandate also to my technology team to use AI in our technology. So uh, I I think uh, I think this year uh, started we started to see uh, incredible results. I thank my team again, and and to make this happen, it's not only about just uh, investing in the technology or investing in in the marketing. The most difficult part of it is to change the mindset of the people, mm. and uh, and I believe that uh, for any new CEO when he becomes a CEO of a company, he must be quite bold when it comes to these changes to mm. change the mindset of the people. You will find some people immediately able to digest the change and to drive the change with you. And you will see some people are against the change, which you will do your best to to explain to them and bring you and bring them with you. And you will see some people who are against the change, which you have to make some tough changes and some tough decisions in order to have the right culture in the mm. company and to have connected teams. So, um, so in my opinion, to drive this transformation, it starts by the culture and the people. Yeah, and and one of the things which which um, I'm very happy with that we did it. You know, the Women International Day was yeah. a few days back. What we used to do, we used to give nice gifts to our great ladies who are working with us. Uh, but this year, we decided, in addition to that as well, to uh, initiate a new initiative, which is called Payment Gender Payment Equality Initiative. Mm. So we are looking for each and every lady working in our entertainer in every country and if she is getting paid lesser than someone who has the same experience and the same job we are increasing her salary uh, and I'm, I'm so proud of our HR Karen she came with this initiative and I want to thank her if, if she will be listening to this because Very it good. was her idea uh, I wouldn't take the credit for that, but I'm so proud of that. Yeah, that's amazing initiative and good you brought it up. But, but just in terms of, so the entertainer uh, it seems to be going through transformation with a chief transformation officer, 22 years in, um, private equity owned. What, and you, it sounds like they're investing. So if they're investing into a company that's you know going through change, then the emphasis won't always be on profits. But is is the was the entertainer profitable post COVID? Was and it was, and, and it, it is it is profitable. It is it is profitable, and uh, and this year it is alhamdulillah it is very profitable. So it's almost doubling what we got last year. Yeah. So uh, yes, it is profitable, and uh, and uh, and the shareholders I think they are extremely happy with the, with the current. Uh, progress of this profit, uh, the net profit is increasing uh, in, in a great way. At the very same time as well, as, as a CEO, your job is not only to increase the top line, 
but also to cut edges and to see where you are spending in an areas which you don't need to spend. Mm. So we also did um, a cost optimization exercise, like for example, if you are having three uh, vendors for data hosting, why? What is the reason behind that? If you can have only two, mm. uh, uh, for example, if you are using like nine uh, different softwares for marketing, uh, then how can we optimize that? Mm. Uh, if you have an office, uh, like our office, uh, we're still in the same office, but our office was so huge, was so big. So why don't you have a smaller space? So why would you be shy of doing of doing that? Because if you do that, then you can you can help your employees to earn more. You can save this money to to give it to your employees. You can you can save this money to empower your platform. So we have done a lot of cost optimization stuff in addition to focus on the top line, and uh, they are going hand in hand in a great way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, I get it. That's a really interesting way of looking at it. So you, you're being smart with your capital resources. People I assume are, so. <laughs> you're trying to be. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, uh, and I kind of phrase this in, in two ways. So, you know, the, the Gulf region is buoyant economically at the moment. The, we came on the back of, you know, high energy prices. There's been World Cups. There's been Expos. There's been, you know, you know, alhamdulillah, the, the region is uh, feeling good, especially in the Gulf. But there's obviously macroeconomic factors elsewhere. Uh, what's your outlook? Uh, are you bullish on the region? And also, you know, newish into the role of the CEO, uh, in four or five years time, what do you think would be success? Is it to increase the value of the entertainer? Or it sounds like to me that the entertainer is, it, well, it really feels like it's a tech company. And then to that end, would would there be any, uh, not that you'd admit it, but would there be any uh, murmurings of like a, a, a listing of a tech listing uh, in the region and things like that? Or is any of that on the outlook for the future? Uh, that's a loaded question. So it's like five questions in one question. So on the macroeconomic level, uh, I will I will use my experience uh, during my visa days when uh, because I, I used to work only with banks. So we used to have a lot of um, experience into this area. Um, Rich, I will, I'll be very honest with you. It's it's super difficult for anyone now to to expect what will happen tomorrow. Hmm. Like if you can, if you if you read about what happened in the Silicon Valley yesterday, hmm. when two banks uh, were put under the government control. Hmm. That's that was a surprise to the world, you know. Uh, the Middle East, from political point of view, uh, I'm talking about the entire Middle East, not not just the GCC is always uh, surprising you, like uh, Arab Spring happened a few years ago, some countries went into a difficult situation. So uh, I, I wouldn't say that uh, anyone now can, can speak with confidence about the macroeconomics and what will happen tomorrow, given what's happening in Europe and the war and all of this. Mm. But what I would say is um, you need to have uh, enough diversity in your business to be ready for shocks. So uh, that's what I'm working on now. So the diversity which we are having by having many countries uh, which can help us if, the, if, happen, if anything happens, God forbids, in one of the countries, then we can focus on another country. Uh, if uh, the B2B will be impacted because of the macroeconomics in these times, uh, the corporates will maybe cut a little bit of their budgets when it comes to loyalty and they will focus on the core of their businesses, then the B2C will be my safety net. Mm. Uh, for, as I told you, we are adding more diversity into our business lines. So we are entering into payments, we are entering into even money transfers, we are entering into delivery, we are entering into many other things which I have to keep it secret for now. <laughs> uh, and that's what leads me to the uh, second part of your question, if the company is going to be listed, if the company is going to be sold. It depends really on how successful we're going to be this year in the journey of the transformation. And then 
the board uh, will decide uh, what to do. Given that uh, we unlocked a certain type of potential this year, which is uh, even the board and the shareholders uh, were, were happily surprised by all what we are adding to the platform and the partnerships we are signing. So, so I think uh, this year will be uh, the year which will decide what will happen to the entertainer after. If it's going to be a listed company, great. If it's going to be part of a bigger group of, of companies, great as well. If it's going to be even much bigger as entertainer itself. Uh, we really don't know. It depends on what my team and I will do this year. And I have very positive outlook for what we will do. Brilliant. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thanks for sharing that. It's a very diplomatic answer, but it, it makes uh, sense. It makes sense with, uh, you know, you can't predict the future, but you're building that infrastructure and framework. To be and ready. That, yeah. If anything happens. Mm. That's my, you know, you cannot predict. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult now to predict, you know. It's super difficult. Mm. The, the 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 political the political scene is is very complex mm. very complex mm. so uh, all what you need to do as a ceo in this case is to make sure that your company will be protected if anything happens by by diversity diversity of income diversity of locations diversity of business lines and and that's what I'm really. Uh, that's my core job is to to make the company always profitable, whatever happens around you. Amazing, pleasure talking to you this morning. Thanks for coming on the show, and we wish you luck in the future. Thank you very much, Chris, for inviting me. I enjoyed the conversation, and I want to to say something. Uh, I study psychology, and when I entered into your place here, there is a very positive vibe in this in this office in this place. And I congratulate you for your leadership because this vibe wouldn't be filled from the first moment I entered without a great team and a great leadership. So I thank you and I congratulate you as well for your great leadership. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Well, definitely, Ahmed has a lot on his plate with the size of the businesses now. Uh, it's always fascinating to hear uh, new leaders come in uh, to when they, and the vision of where they want to take the company. Uh, so that was really interesting. We'll follow the entertainer with uh, new insights now as it goes forward. I'd like to thank our producers as always. There's a lot of people who uh, put effort into making sure that this episode goes out everywhere. There's Ali Khalil and Alibaba in the studio. So they do the live streaming on Smashy TV. They also do the editing and the cuts of the videos. You'll see clips on Twitter, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Smashy Business. Uh, bringing together the guests and the distribution is something Shahir Al-Kindi, as a producer, does. Uh, those guys were so busy this week. We were live. Uh, of course, we did a, an episode drop. Uh, bonus episode from Dubai Links. Uh, and now we have more interviews and episodes today uh, with the entertainer. Uh, as always, you can subscribe on smashy.tv or on mobile devices and on smart tv devices 50 percent of our audience is now coming from smart tvs most people are watching the futsal volleyball and handball in the uae on smashy tv sports uh, and if you're listening on the podcast please do like comment subscribe uh, we'll be running throughout ramadan the holy month of ramadan uh, we will have every episode on Fridays. It's live at 11 a.m. and then it goes out on the channels. A lot of you also subscribe to the Dubai Works newsletter on LinkedIn. There's over 3,000 subscribers. Uh, so that's another place where this is distributed. Have a good week and speak to you next week.